Welcome to a phenomenal edition of Rebellion's educational series. I'm here with a luminary, Sian Balik, who's a cognitive scientist, president of Barnard College, and an absolute inspiration to people worldwide. Thank you for having me. Oh, our pleasure. I finished your TED talk uh, last night, and I said to myself, this is the ideal person to lead Barnard College, this kind of beehive of future female leaders of America. And I guess as someone who studied stress, what are your plans to make Barnard even more fantastic and make kind of females more comfortable moving forward? Because STEM, which is kind of the desired subject, of course, naturally has a lot of stress associated with it, something you touched on in your talk. Yeah, I mean, Barnard is such a singular place. I think there's nowhere in the world that's focused on empowering young women, has excellence across the arts and sciences, Right. We have faculty who are tenured at Barnard and Columbia um, has this tight knit atmosphere associated with the larger research university and has the best campus in the world, which is New York City. So you put all those together. You have a phenomenal group of young women. And one of the things that I really focus on is how to get our students to take risks. Um, they're all so high achieving. They've all been so successful, so competitive to get into Barnard. But what I think is really going to move the needle is getting our young women to try things that make them uncomfortable, to fail a little bit. Um, that's really what's important in terms of learning how you're going to go out and push boundaries and change the world. Yes, learning how to fail is so important. And I must add, by the way, that of Rebellion's about 100 research interns, two of them are current Barnard students. And oh, they, I love they, it. They said they couldn't be happier. They also just said, <laughs> very simply, it feels like the best of Columbia University with the kind of you know small you know liberal arts college environment. It's like why I went to Amherst College in the middle of nowhere, but I get to be in the Upper West Side and listen to jazz. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's really this such this special combination and you see it in terms of our students coming out. So for example, now we have over a third of our young women majoring in STEM. Uh, computer science is a top 10 major, so is neuroscience. And one of the reasons I think um, our students are so successful in these areas, areas where sometimes and oftentimes women are under, underrepresented is because we do the, create this community. It's We have this mentality of, weeding in, bringing young women into the fold rather than you often hear about big computer science classes weeding out, weeding out women. And, you know, our ideal is, and our idea is that uh, talent is way more widespread than opportunity tends to be. And Barnard is a place where we get to pull talent together and really help our students find passions in areas they never thought they could succeed in. So I saw that you're doing a program with uh, Columbia grad schools, which I love. Uh, and one of Rebellion's board members is the director of Columbia Math and Finance. And I think a direct link between Barnard and the STEM graduate schools is really just a brilliant idea. Yeah, um, this is actually these five-year programs. We call them our four plus one programs. Most of them started when I got here. And, you know, we were thinking about ways really that would benefit both sides of the street. Our young women are so amazing. Um, they're quantitatively minded. And Columbia is looking for fantastic students, especially women who will succeed in lots of quantitative fields. Um, and it just seemed like 
a real match. And so we work with engineering, public health, international relations, data science. And now our Barnard students in their junior year can apply to finish their bachelor's at Barnard in four years and then one extra year get a master's. And awesome. um, we've had great success so far and we're gonna grow those programs even more. So getting back to STEM, what about maybe making the classes you know, max capacity? Is that something you've considered where you'll keep your classes to a certain size? A lot of, I mean, Barnard is a really interesting place. It's um, the best of both worlds. And so students take classes at Barnard and Columbia and vice versa. And so some of our classes are really small and some are bigger. Um, and I think that's okay. I think what is most special about our departments is that they really have a cohort feeling. It's almost like you're a mini graduate student as an undergrad. So our chemistry students hang out together. They work in the labs. Um, you know, that's one of actually the most important experiences in our science and math areas is that our students get research experience. Uh, so every year, for example, we have over 250 of our undergraduates who are paid to work full-time in labs at Barnard Columbia across New York City. And a lot of them come out with first author papers, um, such great research experience. And we have some great data from this program called the Summer Research Institute that 85% of graduates who do the Summer Research Institute are in graduate school um, or working in a STEM field. Wow, that's phenomenal. So, <laughs> you know, you, you guys really are executing on the you know, best of liberal arts college within a university. How do you think Barnard has changed or will change going forward? Or do you kind of want to keep it more of the same? I mean, Tchaikovsky, you know, a composer we both love always said, you know, I'm never satisfied with the present. <laughs> I, that is true for me. And I'm also extremely competitive. Um, and Barnard has changed a lot. Uh, I was just looking at a graph. Our applications have increased 91% in the last 10 years. Um, and, you know, we had, we are one of the most selective of any college or university in the country. We had 10,500 applications last year for just over 600 spots. Um, the, the quality of our students continues to grow. And I'm not satisfied with where we are. Um, our students go out to get amazing jobs. They have amazing experiences at Barnard. But you know, one thing I think a lot about is how we get our Barnard education to more students than we have on campus. Um, are there ways to think about partnering with uh, low-income high schools across the country to get Barnard classes into their classrooms? Are there ways to think about making sure that our alums have access to Barnard um, faculty and, and new areas? Would these uh, Barnard classes in high school be sort of, you know, uh, a, a fishing rod to see if we can find, you know, really talented individuals who might have otherwise been passed over? Is that kind of an idea of it? Yeah, I mean, one idea is that, again, going back to this idea that ability is more widespread than opportunity, um, Barnard is need blind. We meet full financial needs. So any young woman who gets into Barnard, we make sure they can come um, based on their finances. But, you know, figuring out how to, to get to all of the students who have that potential is not easy. And so we actually have partnered with an organization called Equity Lab, and we're bringing some of our classes into Title I schools across the country. So these are the most low-income schools. And uh, students who are nominated by their teachers will take a Barnard class along with our Barnard students. They'll take it virtually. They'll have a TA, they'll have our faculty, and they'll get course credit. And perhaps better than any 
AP class or the ability to visit a college campus, imagine sitting next to Barnard students and realizing that you can do this and you have the talent. Imagine what doors that opens, whether it's at Barnard or somewhere else. Yeah. So you're, you're really about instilling confidence in your students, wouldn't you say? That's a big part of Barnard versus every other school. I mean, I, I, think, I certainly think Barnard is about academic excellence and I am 100% convinced as a psychologist, as a mother, as a president, that you can't have that academic excellence unless you believe in yourself, unless you feel okay. Um, mental well-being, physical well-being, even financial well-being are really important aspects of what we do. Um, and I think that's something that we have to work on always for high-achieving students, especially high-achieving young women. Yeah. So are you going to create maybe more ways for the students to connect with you? I mean, you know, how available are you to the students? <laughs> well, I'm pretty busy, um, but I connect with them in lots of ways. I teach an intro uh, seminar uh, for our first years during orientation week. So I teach oh, one of my papers, actually, that was first authored by a Barnard undergrad when she, um, who went to Barnard when she was a PhD student with me at the University of Chicago. So they get to see that connection. I have a lab here at Barnard where I do my research and we have some Barnard undergrads working in the lab and I drop into classes and I'm all over campus. And one of the things that I started a couple of years ago, which I really love is I do coffee chats with students. So students can sign up to come have coffee with me Friday mornings and we sit around and, you know, it's really been helpful to figure out some of the things that students want and need. And I, I love the students. So why not? That's so awesome. I love coffee chat. I think that's really just a brilliant <laughs> idea. My, my friend, Tony Marks, uh, who actually was a Columbia professor, uh, told me that when he was president of Amherst College, he would walk around the campus as, you know, kind of his way to meet the students. But coffee talk where people actually can sign up and know to get to speak to you. Uh, no, it's really fantastic. So I, I must admit that another Barnard alumnus, Laura Sloat, uh, actually you know, changed my personal career. I was going to go be a professor. And uh, then I decided to start this AI development think tank as a management firm. Uh, so I was definitely very influenced uh, on top of my godmother, Patricia Nadashi, and my actual mother, Karen Fleiss, well, alumni of uh, the Great Barnard College. So I am personally one of the biggest fans of the college and the students I've had from Barnard. And, you know, I, I do, I run research programs with something like six graduate programs and the Barnard girls who come are just so impressive and hardworking and just have a great camaraderie with the other uh, students, whether they're graduate, undergraduate. So, you know, I really, I really love what you're doing. And Thank I you. guess I'd, I'd love to hit on some parting, you know, closing thoughts for the future of Barnard. Yeah. I mean, I think Barnard is such an exceptional place and now more than ever, it's very clear we need diversity of thought, diversity of it, people at the table, whether it's in science, whether it's in finance, whether it's in the arts and humanities. And that's really what Barnard is designed to do. It's designed to give young women the tools to go out and change the world. And I can't think of a more important time to do that. And, um, I always like to leave uh, these sorts of interviews with something a student said to me a couple of years ago. I said, you know, why, what did you learn at Barnard? And what she said to me is that I learned that a, another woman's success is not my failure. And I thought that really epitomized Barnard. It's about coming together, supporting one another and uplifting each other. And um, in a time in the world where, you know, there's lots of negative things going on, I can't think of a better place to have that community. Oh, wonderful. Uh, that's exactly what I I really wanted to hear. Uh, President, this was a, not an honor and you have a wonderful weekend, okay? Really great to see you. Great to see you too. Bye-bye.